Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. We uh, welcome you in the name of the Lord and uh, hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together this morning. Uh, We welcome our guests especially. Uh, You're very important to us and we're glad that you're here. I know that uh, Fred has a lot of guests. He, he, has, he thought it was pack a pew Sunday here. Let it go, Fred. But uh, Fred has a lot of guests here in celebration of Fred's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, Fred. He's been... He, my understanding is he's been partying since Thursday. <laughs> uh, so happy birthday. But we welcome everyone. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to pass those uh, down the aisle. But before you do, please sign up. Put your name, address, phone number on there. If you'd like to receive our email newsletter, please uh, put your email address on there. And it's a great way to keep up with uh, what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. Check the appropriate box, and we would certainly appreciate it. Um, several things are, are happening here. We had a great representation from Community Baptist Church to go over to uh, Owensboro, Third Baptist Church, on Friday to uh, meet Susie Painter. And uh, we got that picture up there, guys? We don't have anything up here. <laughs> okay, hopefully y'all see it. I don't see it up here. So. Oh, you don't? Okay, anyway, we, we have, a, we have a, uh, a picture somewhere of our group with Susie Painter there. And uh, it was a great day, and, and uh, we're very impressed with, with Susie Painter. She is the new executive director for uh, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, and uh, she is a ball of fire. And uh, we are very lucky, and I, I, I feel good about the direction that uh, Cooperative... I still don't have it. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right. Um, I feel very good in the, for, about the direction that uh, CBF is going to be is taking these days. Uh, also, we will be uh, playing volleyball and eating pizza tonight. Actually, it's going to be a day of eating, uh, so, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But tonight, we're going to be eating pizza and playing volleyball out here. And so let me ask, like we normally do, if, uh, if we can have some help after lunch today to remove some of the chairs. Uh, we would appreciate it. That would help us out tonight. And also, there is still room and still time to sign up for the Dawnings Retreat. That is on March the 6th through the 8th at Georgetown College. And uh, it's, it's free. It is free. Uh, uh, so it's, it's a great opportunity, and I encourage as many people as possible to sign up for that. Just let me know if you would like to go on the Dawnings Retreat, March the 6th through the 8th. And uh, I told you I was going to talk about eating again, but I'm not. I'm going to let Allie do that. So Allie, come and make an announcement about lunch, something very important. <laughs> so today for lunch, we have a children and youth fundraiser right here. Fun fellowship is all set up. Um, $10 for adults, $6 for children. Like I said, it's a great fundraiser for youth and children of Community Baptist Church. Um, Great food, great fellowship. We have chicken and potatoes and I don't know what all. Um, Lots of food. So once you've paid, please have a seat and our youth will bring you your plate. So we will serve you. You don't have to do anything. Um, just come and be with us as we thank you. Thanks. I know you'll want to be here for that. I know. I never saw. I've never seen any of you turn down food. <laughs> it's the Baptist way. So stay for for lunch today. And now let's greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Our scripture reading this morning is found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. And I will be reading this morning out of the message. If you'd like to follow along with this. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or a sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly call them a fool at a sister and you are at the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. That is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and are about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you. Abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Or say you're out in the street and an old enemy accosts you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you will likely to end up in court, maybe even jail. If that happens... You won't get out without a stiff fine. Thanks be to God. This is our time. Miss <laughs> Jika popped her knuckle. Why don't you pop her knuckle for me, Miss Jika? I know I've got more kids here than this. Come on. Time's wasting. It's time to eat chicken breast. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Zoe, Zoe. Come on, Hannah. Come on, Jacob. Stephen, you coming up? Not this morning. Come on, Jacob. Oh, Steve, sorry. Hi, Hannah. Kelsey, I told you to put away that phone. 
It's, I don't care what you're in the middle of. I'm going to get angry. Put away your phone in church. I'm not going to put away my phone in church. I want to play games. Guess what we're talking about today? (laughs) Yes, we are. And you know what? Sometimes moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and sometimes kids and sometimes Dr. Tim and sometimes Deacon, everybody back here gets angry, you know, because we're all human. But when could I have said that a different way to Kelsey instead of getting angry at her? (laughs) Yes, I could have, couldn't I? You know what? Um, when Allie was reading this, when we talk about anger, it says anger destroys the things I love. Do you think if I keep hollering on my kids like that, they're going to be destroyed? Mm -hmm. And it says anger deprives me of my sleep. Do you think if I'm angry all the time, I'm not going to be able to sleep well? I'm not. And what about this one, Wyatt? It says anger hurts only myself. Am I hurting anybody when I'm angry at people? I'm hurting myself, aren't I? And I'm hurting all the people I'm angry at. And it says, I'm stronger than, excuse me, I'm stronger than my anger. You think you can control your anger if you really, really try? I think so too. And let me just, and look, I get angry at John so so many times, but he's out there cooking, and he got up at 6 o'clock, and he's just cooking, cooking, cooking. But this is what anger means. Who's a good reader here? Caden, you need some help on reading this? Molly, you want to read it for me? What's anger mean? Annoyance? Hostility. Ooh, have you ever seen anybody angry when they're driving a car? Oh, yikes. Kind of scary, isn't it? Well, this is what I want to, before we go back to Children's Church, this is what I want you to listen to. And this is for moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and all of us. Listen to this. This says, Today before you say an unkind word, think of someone who can't speak. Sometimes we say angry things, and what if we couldn't even speak? Before you complain about the taste of your food, think of someone who has nothing to eat. Should we complain and get angry about our food? What if we didn't have anything to eat? Before you complain about your husband or wife, think of someone who's crying out to God for a companion. You ever hear that? Moms and dads fighting. But what if they didn't have their companion anymore? I know. Today, before you complain about life, think of someone who went too early to heaven. We complain all the time. What if we were in heaven? Then we wouldn't be around our loved ones. This is for moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. Before you complain about your children, think of someone who wants children but can't have them. This is for moms. And maybe dads. Before you argue about your dirty house because someone didn't clean or sweep, think of the people living out on the street. In my other job, I see a lot of those people that live in the park and live out in tents. Before whining about the distance you drive, think of someone who walks the same distance with their feet. They might not even have a car. They might have to walk with their feet all the time. I know, but you guys have help from Grandpa, right? Yes. I do. I know you do. When you're tired and you complain about going to school, your job, think of the kids that can't go to school and think of the people that don't have jobs. Before you think of pointing your finger or being mean to somebody else, remember, not one of us is without sin. We all answer to one maker. What's that mean? Who's the maker? Thank you, Wyatt. And when depressing thoughts seem to get you down, when you feel sad, It says, put a smile on your face and thank God you're alive and still around. How's that? Ready to go back to Children's Church? Okay. All right.
pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today uh, just wishing for patience with uh, our family, with our friends, with everybody. Uh, we want to be happy uh, and be joyful instead of sad and angry. We just, we want to love and we want to uh, feel good. Uh, in your name we pray. Amen. Breath and living water, so 
Wow, isn't that cool? Thank you, Marilyn. You have such a talent, and we appreciate you sharing that with us today. Okay, here it is, folks. Here's a question that will age us. It's true confession time now. This is a question that will age some of us, and others will probably have no idea what I'm talking about. How many of you have ever owned or worn a mood ring? All right, okay, I know how old you are now. It was all the rage back, back in the 70s, and the theory was that body heat fluctuates with the emotional state of the wearer, and the, and the ring would change colors as the body temperature changed. Now, none of that was ever scientifically established, of course, but like most fads, it provided some entertainment, especially for comedians and, and uh, cartoonists. Uh, for example, back in 1976, there was a Peanuts cartoon in which Peppermint Patty got so angry with Charlie Brown that her mood ring exploded. Now, that's a bad mood. But my favorite example of mood ring humor concerns a woman who reported that her husband was not happy with her mood swings, and so he bought her a mood ring, hoping to be able to monitor her moods and prepare himself accordingly. And it worked. Uh, He discovered that when she was in a good mood, the ring would turn green, and when she was in a a bad mood, the the ring left a, a big red mark right in the middle of his forehead. Maybe next time he'll buy me a diamond, she said. Well, everybody gets in a bad mood at some time or another. However, some of those moods, if not controlled, can lead to some very bad things. Timothy McVeigh, in explaining why he bombed the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, said that he was angry with the government over the way it handled the Branch Davidian crisis in Waco, Texas. He was angry. And so he blew up a building and killed over a hundred innocent men and women and children. Well, folks, we all experience anger. We all experience resentment and hostility sometimes. And and thankfully, most of us are able to handle it better than Timothy McVeigh. But you know, some of us, for some of us, anger is a real issue. It's a big issue. It causes us to lash out at our spouses or our children. We unleash it on other drivers on, the, on our way to work or on our way home or in the workplaces. And, and we make ourselves and those around us miserable. Well, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus confronts the subject of anger head on. You have heard that it was said long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with, his, with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which is an Aramaic term that means something kind of like numbskull, if anyone calls someone a numbskull is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now, those are some pretty extreme words about anger, aren't they? So why do you think Jesus would say something like that about an emotion that everyone experiences? Well, here it is. It is because the outward act of hostility always begins with the inward emotion of anger. And so I believe that we need to give these words of Jesus our most prayerful consideration this morning, especially in these days of urban bombings and and school massacres. 
it appears to me that the number of people walking around like a ticking time bomb is increasing. And the pervasiveness of of anger in our society is reaching appalling proportions. You have the man killed in the movie theater because he was texting his daughter. You, You have the kid killed in Florida because his music was too loud. And it seems that you, you, you can't have a civilized conversation with some people because they explode if you dare to offer a differing opinion. It's scary. Now, obviously, only a few people will ever erupt into such fury that they will kill someone. But, folks, the potential is always there. And so we need to take Jesus very seriously when he tells us That the heart of the problem is here. It's with us. It's in our hearts. My friends, if we are are filled with anger and hatred, we are all potentially murderers. And there are some things about anger that we need to see today. First, the first thing we need to see is that anger is destructive. It's destructive to others as well as to ourselves. Now, we we know how destructive anger can be to others, but we may not be aware of how destructive it can be to us, to ourselves. Dr. Redford Williams of Duke University reported that anger or hostility is as harmful to our bodies as smoking or high blood pressure. At an American Heart Association presentation, Williams described some research on hostility as as measured by the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. The study involved 255 physicians who took this inventory as, as medical students. And over the next 25 years, those who had hostility scores in the upper 50 percentile experienced death rates of 14 percent, while those who scored lower on hostility only had a death rate of 2.5%. And heart disease was five times more likely among those who were more hostile than others. We are told that a rattlesnake, if cornered, will bite itself. And anger is often like that. It's destructive. It's destructive not only to others, but it's also destructive to ourselves. So how do we deal with anger in in a constructive way? Well, first of all, we need to see that there are times when we need to express our anger. And that's something that a lot of good, sweet, nice, decent folks need to realize. When Jesus told us to turn the other cheek, he did not mean for us to become a doormat for everybody to walk on. He was not a doormat. Remember how he drove the money changers out of the temple? And, and, and for those who criticized him for healing on the Sabbath, we are told that he looked around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart. Matthew tells us that he called the Pharisees blind fools. And so I think we can conclude that there's a place for anger, and we're wrong if we take these words to mean that all anger is sin, it's not. In fact, Paul tells us to be angry, but do not sin. So there are times when expressing our anger is the, the proper thing to do. I heard about an old story about a, a swami at a village, in, a village temple in, in India who claimed to have mastered anger. And when his ability to control anger was challenged, he told a story about a cobra who used to sit by the path and bite people on their way to the temple. And so the swami visited the snake to end the problem. And using a mantra, he brought the snake into submission, telling the snake that it was wrong to bite people. And the swami persuaded the snake to to never do it again. And, And the snake promised he would never bite anybody again. Well, when the people saw that the snake no longer made a move to bite them, their fear of the snake subsided. But unfortunately, before long, the village boys began tormenting the snake by dragging it through the village. 
And later the Swami visited the snake again to see if he was keeping his promise. And he found that, that the snake was miserable and hurting. And, and on seeing this, the Swami exclaimed, you're bleeding. What happened? Tell me what happened. And the snake blurted out that he had been abused ever since the Swami made, his promise, made him promise not to bite anyone. And at that, the Swami replied, I told you not to bite anyone, but I did not tell you not to hiss. You see, we need to know that it's all right to hiss. It's all right to hiss when we are being abused or, or taken advantage of. We need to express our anger in the face of evil. We need to remember that even anger is a gift from God, and it can be a great motivating factor in our lives. Martin Luther once said, When I am angry, I can pray well and I can preach well. And Channing Pollock once said, Men and motor cars progress by a series of internal explosions. So you see, anger... It's only our enemy when we let it get out of control. But that first guideline is that there are times when anger needs to be expressed. The second guideline is equally as important. And that is that anger needs to be resolved as quickly as possible. Immediately after speaking these harsh judgments about anger, Jesus said, Therefore... If you're offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar. First, go and reconcile to them, be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. In other words, anger needs to be resolved as quickly as possible. My friends, anger is most destructive when we allow it to fester like an infected wound. In his book, The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis tells about a visitor who is granted permission uh, to be a temporary guest in hell. And at one point, the visitor accompanies a busload of souls from hell who are invited to visit heaven. And while they are there in heaven, these residents of hell are given the opportunity to stay in heaven if they want to. But surprisingly, they don't want to. For various reasons. And one of the reasons was, was a woman. A woman whose husband had treated her badly all, all during their, their time here on earth. And she decided that she would rather burn in hell than to forgive her husband. And I've seen folks with that kind of anger. And folks, it's tragic. I've seen anger kill people. Not with a gun, but just they died a quick death because they were so angry. It happens. It's tragic. I heard about two unmarried sisters who inherited the old family homestead when their parents died, and they lived together in peace for several years. But then one day they had a bitter argument. It got so bad that they refused to speak to one another, and they and they decided to, to build a dividing wall all throughout the house. Well, each sister already had their own separate bedroom, so that wasn't a problem. But the living room and the dining room and the kitchen were all divided in half by a wall. Well, this created a problem in the kitchen because the, the pump was on one side of the, of the wall and the stove was on the other side of the wall. And e but even this inconvenience was not enough to break their stubborn pride. The sister with the stove walked over to the neighbor's house to get some water while the sister with the pump cooked her meals on a charcoal burner. But then one day one of the sisters had a stroke, left her paralyzed and speechless. She had no way of calling for help from her sister who was just a few feet away on the other side of the wall. In a few hours she died. And then the living sister, realizing that her stubbornness had contributed to her sister's death, she felt so guilty that within just a few weeks, she also died. The moral is that tragedy often results from unresolved anger. 
Remember that old adage, never let the sun go down on your anger. That's a good principle to live by. It's good for your marriage. It's good for your family. It's good for your heart, your health, your business, your relationships. I've mentioned before that wonderfully powerful scene in the movie Forrest Gump. You may remember it. Jenny has returned to her childhood home after her father has died, and the farmhouse is dilapidated and and abandoned. But as she thinks about all of the sexual abuse that she endured as a child, she is overcome by rage, and, and she begins throwing rocks at the house. The scene is powerful as it shows her rapidly reaching for rocks and then violently heaving them at the house. And then finally, Jenny falls to the ground in exhaustion. And the scene closes with Forrest sitting next to her and saying, Sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. And that's so true. No matter what anyone has done to you, sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. And that's when we need to surrender our anger to God. That's when we need to allow God to replace those negative emotions with love and forgiveness. And that brings us to our final guideline for today. You see, unsolved, unresolved anger is a a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. My friends, anger, it it not only affects our health and our relationships with other people, but it, it also affects our relationship with God. And I think that's probably why Jesus tells us that we are, if we are offering our gift at the altar and we remember that our brother or sister has something against us, we need to leave the gift there for first. Just leave it there. And then go be reconciled with our brother or sister. And then come offer that gift. And I think what he's thinking here is that a resentful heart is a spiritual impediment. We can't have our, right, our relationship right with God if our heart's not right with others. Some of you may remember that that day in May of 1981 when millions of people watched as Pope John Paul II was shot by a Turkish terrorist. His name was Mehmet Ali Agha. Well, Agha was arrested and sentenced to life in prison. So how did the Pope deal with his anger towards this man? Well, he, did, he dealt with it like a Christian. You see, on Christmas Day of 1983, the Pope visited with Agha in, prison, in his prison cell. He extended forgiveness and reconciliation to the man. Did it make a difference? Well, about a year later, Agha made a proclamation that he was renouncing terrorism and he was going to become a man of peace. He promised that he was, if he was ever released, he would become a, a preacher going from nation to nation all over the world proclaiming love and truth to everyone. And folks, you have to wonder what would happen in this world if all Christians followed John Paul's example. So what do you do with anger? There's a simple little book that has become very popular I love the title of this book. It's called The Law of the Garbage Truck. The Law of the Garbage Truck, subtitled, How Do You Respond to People Who Dump on You and How Do You Stop Dumping on Others? It seems that uh, 20 years ago, David Pauley, the author of this book, narrowly escaped a life-threatening automobile accident when a car plowed into his taxi, taxi which he was riding and. The driver of the other car, who was definitely at fault, he was obviously, obviously at fault here, here, he got out of his car and he started shouting obscenities at the taxi driver. But the cab driver just looked at him and smiled and waved and wished him well. I mean, that frustrated the other guy to no end, I'll tell you. 
But Mr. Polly was so impressed by this that he asked him, why did you respond like that? This guy was, was cussing you out. This guy was ready to fight you, and it was his fault. Why did you respond by just standing there, smiling at the guy, waving at him, wishing him well? And the taxi driver explained that many people are like garbage trucks. They run around full of garbage, full of frustration, full of anger, full of disappointment. And as their garbage piles up, they look for a place to dump it. And if you let them, they'll dump it on you. So when someone wants to dump on you, don't take it personally. Just smile and wave, wish them well, and move on. Believe me, you'll be happier, he says. So Mr. Polly asked, what about you? What would happen in your life today if you let more garbage trucks pass you by? My bet is that you will be happier. And you know, I think he's right. And I think the world would be a better place too. So learn to control your anger. Learn to forgive those who have done you wrong. And when you're in a mood to kill someone, either literally or figuratively, pause for a moment and remember the teachings of Jesus. Turn your anger over to him and walk away with a smile on your face. Peace, everyone. Chill out. Amen. Let's sing together. Uh, And I think this is so appropriate because this is what we're this is what we're asking you to do today. Take your life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. You know, if we if we really give our lives over to God, we're giving also our emotions over to God. We're giving our anger over to God. And I'm not saying you're not going to be angry. Jesus was angry from time to time. But I am saying that with God's help. You can control that anger. And it won't evolve into something that is destructive. And that's a great help for us as human beings. So let us sing together. Take my life. Take it, God. And let it be consecrated to you. everyone hang around we got lunch so hang around let's pray let us go as God's children remembering the words that were spoken here review the hymns that were sung here recall the prayers that were prayed here and rely on the fellowship that's known here reverence the Savior that is worshipped here and recollect the blessings that are found here respond to the Spirit that is met here until by God's grace we return here. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Really?